As usual, you never get a time for a countdown. This is Sam Jones and Mr. Come First because you got to respect me and my other co-host here today. How you doing? This is Mr. Fortune, a.k.a. Mookie Hanglos. How y'all doing out there today? And welcome to Grapple Mania. We got some good shit for you today. I was thinking since the month of June and traditionally what we grew up off of was one of the big five pay-per-views in wrestling. And I just wanted to cover the history of it for y'all, being my co-host here. And what we're talking about usually used to come on around this week every year, and that is King of the Ring. Yes, sir. So before we get into it, man, part one of this, tell me your thoughts of King of the Ring, what it meant to you, and everything in general about it. King of the Ring to me, man, to me pretty much is when, you know, you get some of the best talent, you know, in the ring, some kind of new, and, you know, this gives them the push. It was like, I want to say it was like a Royal Rumble type deal, you know, you get that solidified spot, you know, it it defines your greatness. Yeah, and um, funny you mentioned that because that's what it was used for, for the most part, in the prime of the Kingdom Rings where they happened in June. It was that gap to end WrestleMania season, but start fused inside the SummerSlam season. And usually the winner of the King of the Ring would get that title shot at SummerSlam. As we go into it, you see the tradition start to fall in place after the beginning of it. But mm. King of the Ring and what it means to me, man. It was that one pay-per-view out of the year that, like you said, surprises happened. Or that person that, you know what I mean, the fans we are today that we call more the older fans or the quote-unquote smart fans will finally be like, that person gets his just due, you know? Yes, sir. It was that, it was that like, perfect pay-per-view in the summer just to kick it off right before SummerSlam. Uh-huh. Like, it was the fifth most important pay-per-view at one point. But, you know, it wasn't always in June. And let's just talk about the history of the King of the Ring. So King of the Ring was something that started in um, 1985. It was pretty much a response to um, NWA and what they had coming out mm-hmm. around that year, which was um, the Great American Bash. Right. Like... And what they did is, at that time, they used to put that on, you know, closed circuit or free TV at the time, man. It actually started July 8th, 1985. That's when the first King of the Ring winner was crowned in. Mm. The winner of that, I'm going to test you, I'm going to test your knowledge, who was the first King of the Ring winner ever? Oh. Yeah, this is, this is before my time, man. Way, way, way before my time. Well, I'll give you one hint. His nickname was The Rock. Oh, in that case, man, Dwayne, Dwayne Rock. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Man. <laughs> Don Morocco, man. Yes, The Rock, Don Morocco. And he actually beat the great Iron Sheik for it, too. Yeah, and what's that? In Massachusetts. I'm not sure the city. But, um. Actually, yeah, you're right. Foxborough, Massachusetts. 
Foxborough, Massachusetts. And um, that one was kind of like not well known and everything, but it was the beginning of the concept. It really didn't kick off until uh, the second kingdom we were in in 1986. That happened July 14th. And um, at the time, it was King Harley Race. He beat um, actually the great Pedro Morales to get that um, notoriety as King of the Ring. But what made this one so famous is mm-hmm. he was the first one to actually use it as a gimmick, like come to the ring with the crown and the cape. And he actually wore that for a while. Like, even after he wasn't noticed as King of the Ring no more. And the reason why they did that is because this, you know, WWE always had this thing. If you was great in your past life, they're not going to miss you in past life that much. And we know Harley Race is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, NWA champions of all time. And... This was the way for these new audience, the strictly WWE audience, well, WWF audience in the Northeast to really know who is this man was, King Harley Race. Man. Yeah, by the way, who just passed away almost a year ago last year, you know, August 1st. I mean, one of the toughest men ever to lace up the boots, man. Yes, yes. The reason why Ric Flair got his first title. But one of the few that stood out to me, because he had several. I think Junkyard Dog was one. He had one with Hulk. But the one that stood out to me, remember these watching this on On Demand, WWE Classics about 10 years ago, if y'all remember that. And they showed the feud between um, him and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Mm. When at one point, Hacksaw Jim Duggan actually took the crown and the cape and hilarious stuff and he actually lost that crown to Haku too um July of I want to say nineteen eighty seven he actually lost that crown to Haku. Who's that Harley Race? Yes. And when he came back he actually feuded with Haku to try to get that back but he couldn't get it back at the nineteen eighty nine Royal Rumble. Oh wow. And then it's crazy because King Haku actually lost that crown to Jim Duggan. But to make all of it crazy is, at the time, we actually had two different King of the Ring winners. This was just fighting over the title king. Right. So that's what makes it confusing because in 87, actually Macho Man won. Yeah. Now, I have a little bit of history on this, you know, to due to WWE Network. Thanks out to uh, V-Man, you know. I know he won that against King Hong Bundy. Now, let me, let me ask you this, because this is more of your era before me. So, like, around between 87 to 89, well, 87 to 91, they held all the King of the Ring matches, tournaments, and Providence Rhode Islands. Is there, like, a, what did you say? Is there, like, something, like, is, is that supposed to symbolize something, or is this something? Oh, something significant? Yeah. Oh, uh... I can only say this because, you know, I'm not an insider in the business. I wasn't employed with him at the time or anything. I mean, honestly, I was born in 1987. But from all the things that I gathered over the years, talking to people, collecting tapes and all that stuff, it seemed like it was more of a, like, territorial thing because, you know, WWF at the time was still New York. It was still called the business in New York while you still had Crockett Promotions running the South. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. So I just think it was a way to stay at home and save money, et cetera, et cetera, with that. 
But speaking on that 87 alone, I think Randy Savage actually, I mean, 30 minutes with King Kong Bundy. Shout out to you for that. Great match, man. Yeah, 30 minutes with King Kong Bundy. Shout out to you for that. (laughs) Then we get into 1988, which is one of my favorite King of the Ring winners ever. The million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Mm. He actually beat Macho Man Randy Savage to win that. But the thing that made Million Dollar Man so cool is he was always true to his character and he always was going to be successful because, as you ain't know, Ted DiBiase is pretty much Vince McMahon in his own image. I mean, in his own mind. Mm-hmm. Like, this is Vince. And being the character he was, just that acidine, like, dastardly, I don't give a fuck type character, that's what made it so dope. And even in the semifinals, when he actually paid outlaw Ron Bass to fake an injury so he could get in the finals, mm-hmm. I mean, beyond dope. <laughs> okay, okay. And then, you know, to finish it off, uh, 1989, this one is rarely seen, but shame that we can't see it today, but the 1989 winner was Tito Santana. He actually beat Rick Martel. Now, the storyline and history around that was pretty great. Actually, his stretch to get there, I think he had uh, three incredible matches to get there. I can't name it off the top of my head, but he actually beat Rick Martel. At that time, it was one of the rare victories he actually beat Rick Martel. We, it wasn't televised, so we couldn't get to see it. And this was after they actually broke up as the great tag team strike force. Okay. In the 80s. And this is, I want to say, around the time when Tito Santana actually got that intercontinental title run. It was mm. probably one of the better runs ever. He was a great intercontinental champion, though, Tito Santana was. Now, let's get into the only two-time winner in King of the Ring history. Back-to-back. I mean, the first one ain't the most important. He beat IRS for the title, Mike Rotunda, Bray Wyatt's daddy, if you don't know who he is. (laughs) Now, this is why we're here today. Yes, sir. Because in 1993... Somebody had a light light inside their head. They was like, oh, we should put this on pay-per-view. They like, when should we put it on pay-per-view? I think we should put it right after WrestleMania, right before SummerSlam. And we could give people a nice little storyline between there. And voila, 1993, live on pay-per-view, King of the Ring was born from Dayton, Ohio. I think I've been talking too much so far. I'll let you take it away. What was your thoughts on 1993 King of the Ring? Well, the the match between Brett and Bam Bam Bigelow was cool. You know, Bam did have a – he did have an advantage, you know, seeing that his only match of the night was like, what, eight minutes? So he had a hell of a rest period since that Bret Hart went to – like he went through like a trial that night, man. Razor Ramon, Mr. Uh, Mr. Perfect, you know. And uh, let me just say this, man. Mr. Perfect and Brett, man, Brett the Hitman Hart, excuse me, should have been the actual final match for King of the Ring. Match of the night, man. 
Like, beautiful match, man. Well executed. Great in-ring chemistry, man. They I'm going to be real with you. That is one of the best matches in King of the Ring history. As far as the tournament itself, uh huh, that might be one of the best matches in King of the Ring history. I don't want to reveal that yet because we're going to do our top fives at the end. But that's one of the best matches in King of the Ring history. Great match. I loved it, man. But them two always had good chemistry. Them two always did great business together. You know, even though Bam went into the final match with a big advantage, he still had the help of, um, oh, my God, I can't. I just had her name. Um, Luna Vachon. Yes, Luna Vachon. You know, still had her help, man. But, you know, shout out to the ref. He came out there, man, saved it. Not only did they have. Hey, 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 cool. You can't disrespect him. You know who the ref is, man. It's the great Earl Hebner, man. You got to say his name. Excuse me, man. I do apologize, man. (laughs) 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 Don't don't kill me, man. Earl Hebner. Come on, you know the great Earl, man. He's one of the two, three greatest refs ever, man. Hey, man, I grew up on Mike Yoda, man. Earl was the senior ref then, though. Now you, but you know, man, that was before my time, man. You, you can't hold Montreal, it. It was before your time. It was '97. He bought your all screw job. The one that stood up at Triple H, doing the McMahon Helmsley era. Come on, man, I still know that, but Earl Hefner was still before my time. Though. Like during this time, like during 1993. Come on, man. I don't know, man. I don't when even is... know if I was talking yet. I. Right? <laughs> Google guy, guy. Yeah. But no. <laughs> no, man. But 93 King of the Ring, I had to say Bret Hart was one of the best winners in the ring because I think he had three solid opponents to face. Yes. Starting off with Razor Ramon, solid match. The classic he put on Mr. Perfect. And even his finals with Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, Bam Bam Bigelow, one of the best big men of all time, if you ask me. A true in-ring general, he moved very well for his size, man. Yeah, I mean, he put on a class. He put on damn near a classic with LT, mm-hmm. with a football player that was probably fresh out of rehab. <laughs> <laughs> it killed it. Hell, man, they might have been roommates, man. Who knows? But nah, man, no disrespect to you, Lord Taylor. He's still the best player to ever play the game, especially on that defensive end. Hey, that's for another podcast. Yes, that's for another podcast. I'm just saying, just in case you listen to it. Oh, I think he can still fight. But nah, <laughs> but nah, though, the 1993 King of the Ring, man, what a great one it was. Man. Yeah. Just to break it down, let me ask you this, though. How did you feel about the commentary team at the time with Jim Ross really just starting to get into his WWF swing because you know, you can even hear this voice. He still had that into WA voice with some of the stuff he said and called a match. He wasn't fully into his WWF persona yet. And then you have then you have Macho Man there that was doing it part time at the time. And I mean, a great Bobby the Brain Heenan. What more can I say? But what did you think about the commentary doing that? It, it worked well for me, like to actually hear. Randy Savage in that, you know, in that role doing that, man, it really surprised me because, I, you know, I, I, I didn't expect that. So, you know, watching, you know, these old matches, you know, it's all new to me, you know. So it, it was good to hear, you know, and I wish it would have kept on, like, somewhere down the line in the future. Mm-hmm. 
But it worked well. They they had good chemistry on the mic. It well blended. Yeah, it was crazy just to hear Jim Ross take over, you know what I mean? Because it was usually like, you know, he's so used to Heenan and Gorilla around the time. Mm-hmm. Or even like, you know what I mean, Savage was on there, you know, around that time. I mean, we like, why is Savage not in the ring? But, you know, I guess he was doing injury around the time of suspension or something. And, but just know, to hit Jim Ross with them, too. Because yeah. it was usually Vince McMahon himself. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, I like the, you know, like the little chemistry that Heenan and Savage had, you know, with the tra- little slight trash talking and all that. It was dope to see. And to hear. Yeah, because, I mean, Heenan wanted the best to ever do it, man. Let's. Let's I'm not gonna say I'm not, I'm not gonna say all that. He ain't one of the best to ever did. I, I'm not gonna say it. Oh, okay. I'm 1992 Royal Rumble. That's my proof. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have it, man. I'm just joking, man. Just <laughs> like, <no>. <laughs> now, <laughs> what's your final thoughts of that King of the Ring 1993? Bret Hart winning it and everything. Are we gonna give it our patented rating system? However, you want to do it, man. I mean, might as well, you know, if it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it. Mm-hmm. So, with that final match, I'm going to give it a good. But his match with Mr. Perfect, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That match was pretty good. And, yes, you had to give that a fucking awesome. That was an incredible match. Mm-hmm. Incredible match, and, and, and you know, Mr. Jones. You know, before we go for, I don't know, but I think I, I should thank our sponsors. Who's the sponsor today? You know, we had the sponsor before. You know, I just want to shout him out again. You know, today's sponsor, this series is brought to you by, you know, the Orthol James cutlery sets. You know, it was five piece. Now he bumped it up to seven piece. You know, <laughs> you know. And if and if you buy it today, you get a free set of golf clubs. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you do. And you know, you you know, we thank them a lot for everything. I use the knives myself; they work fine. You know, and it comes with a great slogan. You know, you know where if you can't cut it, we will. You know, so I you know I thank you a lot. You know, shout out to OJ. And then you know. To wrap up everything about the 1993 King of the Ring and everything, just what happened afterwards, because do you remember what happened during the championship match that year? Or do I have to give you a trip down memory lane? Uh, give me a trip down memory lane. So Yokozuna, accompanied by Mr. Fuji, fought Hulk Hogan when he was still the champion. At the time, Hulk Hogan was on his way out. because It was pretty much his last time on TV for the WWF. For a long time. So is this when he departed to go join uh, WCW? Yes, okay. he, went, he went to Disney. Huh? And uh, this match ended kind of a weird way. It was um, Mr. Fuji jumping up there as a cameraman, and he took a picture of Hulk Hogan. The flash was like a fireball that shot in his eyes. And Yokozuna won that way, which is garbage, really, because do Yoko really have to be Hogan that way? I'm glad you said that. But, yeah, that's what happened. Because, you know, Jimmy Hart, no, 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 
and then yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But later on that year, it was a new champion, and his name was Bret the Hitman Hart. Yes. And then as he was champion, WrestleMania 10 in April, one of the greatest, greatest, greatest matches in WrestleMania history between Bret and Owen Hart. And that match, because Bret was on double duty that day because he defended the title as well. But that match, by surprise, Owen Hart got the victory. And it really pushed him to become noticed in the singles. Uh-huh. Started to get a name for himself. And June of that year in 1994, in the second ever pay-per-view of King of the Ring, guess what happened? He became King of the Ring champion. Yes, so live from Baltimore, Maryland. June 19th, 1994, almost exactly to the day we're recording this today. (laughs) Most definitely. Owen Hart, King of the Ring winner. He beat Razor Ramon in the finals. Give me your thoughts of the 1994 King of the Ring in general, and just tell me your thoughts on it. Take it away. I think the match could have been better than what it was. That one in general, yes. Yeah. I feel as if we didn't need um, Jim Nedhart to come out there and interfere because he he got the leverage on Razor Ramon when he, you know, when he got him out the ring. You know, and I think with that, because when he got him out the ring, the way he landed, his knee buckled. So, you know, they was kind of on the even playing field. So, it, it, it evened it out. You know, it, was, it got more of a fair chance. I, I mean, because... Razor Ramon, he had the weight and the and you know the height. He just had the stature over on. Mm-hmm. And you know, I believe it would have went. It could either way. I think he still would have won, man. But you know, yeah, that's all I got for right now. I'm gonna let you talk your trash. Now the crazy thing about it is, do you know how originally this was supposed to kind of be booked or pushed? Educate me. So, it's rumors out there originally that um, Scott Steiner at the time that was just um, becoming, you know, more of a single star at the time after the Steiner brothers had a tag team run um, in the WWF. Okay. He was supposed to actually run the gauntlet and actually beat King of the Ring. Wow. And later um, that year, WrestleMania... Instead of having um, that match we had for the title then, it was going to be him and Brett for the title. Okay. You know how much fire that had been, Scott Steiner, back then? Yeah. His athleticism and everything? With Bret Hart? Oh, my God. But I think the right man got the crown at the end of the day because Owen Hart was – he was the man at that time. Uh-huh. He was one of the biggest heels in the company. I like how his character was developing from being a Brett Shadow from now becoming the man of his own. The Black Heart? Is this the is so no. is this becoming the birth of the Black Heart? No, this is the birth of the King of Hearts, my brother. The King of Hearts on my heart. 
Because that's one of the better coordinations, man. When Jim Evan Nahar put it on there and he was talking, he took the mic and called me the king of hearts, own heart. And everybody's like, whoa. Yeah, but, I mean, they path there was not the greatest. Like, Razor Ramon be Quang, who was, I want to say, who was Quang at the time? I want to say Papa Shango with a mask. Yeah. But anyway, he beat Quang. And then Bam Bam Bigelow, which could have been a better match. Mm-hmm. Then in the semifinals, he beat um, IRS Erin R. Shyster to get the Owen Hart. And then Owen, on the other hand, I think he beat his first match was Doink the Clown. <laughs> and that's not the Doink we love. That wasn't Matt Bourne. That was the other Doink they had. And then Owen Hart beat Tanaka. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, it wasn't the same Tanaka that, you know, that had that, you know, run in 92 and 93. And then you had Owen Hart versus the one, two, three kid. <laughs> one by quick submission. Who was like, Dave was really pushing him at the time, too. Because remember around that time, I mean, one of the greatest matches in Raw history was, I think that was like the second or third ever Raw. Uh-huh. With, uh huh. With Brett for the one two three kid ninety four. Uh huh. Classic. And then, um, of course, the finals. You know, Owen Hart beat Razor Ramon. But what do you rate this match? I rank it. I I give it a little between good and awesome. I give it. You know. Uh huh. Uh, let me see. Zach. Yeah, all right, not too bad. All right. Now, <laughs> let's talk about the commentary for this. You had the late, great Gorilla Monsoon, Macho Man Randy Savage, and old Baltimore coach legend, Art Donovan. A.K.A. Mr. How much does he weigh? Oh, how much does he weigh? <laughs> so what did you think about the commentary team in general in this King of the Ring from the pace last year with Bobby Heenan and Jim Ross? It, it was all right. I prefer. It was shit. I'm sorry. It's Art Donovan is shit. Um, that's why you. That's why certain celebrities shouldn't commentate. It, it was okay. Like no, nah, it was bad. It was almost as bad as when Pitbull did commentate on. Wrestler Society X or MTV back in the day. Man, I think, you know, Bobby, um, excuse me, Gorilla Monsoon and Randy, they, they saved it. That's why I say okay. But it, it wasn't what it was the year before. I really, I like that one much, much better. Yeah. But the thing about this one in general is Owen never won the title. But it did put on a legendary match that they had in the cage in SummerSlam between him and Brett. Uh-huh. So it did do its purpose for making Owen a star at the time. But Owen never won the title. And let me get a little bit of your thoughts about that. How do you feel about Owen never winning the title? And... Tell me a little bit more about Owen in general. Your thoughts. Like you said, Owen was like 
the man, like the the hill at that time. And I believe he was screwed, man. I don't know. I think at some point, I think they were still trying to hold him in the shadow of his brother, man. And, and you know, they WWE man, they they have a a tendency of just not pushing the right people at the right time or pushing, you know, anybody at a certain time in general, you know. And him winning the title and with that whole heel personality, man, it would have it been awesome, man. It would have, I think it would have been like even a even more better rivalry. It would have pushed more fuel to the fire than a rivalry between him and his brother. Yeah. I I tell you this. Um I th- I thought it was it was a notable title. Would I say he's one of the best King of the Ring winners ever? No. Because mm-hmm. I think two that I mentioned before that were better Harley Race and um, Randy Savage in general. Uh-huh. And I do want to backtrack and get more about the Macho King. Okay. Because people forgot how great the Macho King was. That was like another resurrection of his career after the Baker Powers exploded and all of that. And he was almost like in limbo. Uh-huh. And the Macho King kind of saved his career when he actually left Elizabeth and went with um, Sensational Cherry. I remember that. That's why he's one of my favorite King of the Ring winners because the persona he, he, he made of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think the original King was Harley Race. Honestly. But <laughs> as far as this one in 94 in general, it was one that it was needed, but I thought the follow-up wasn't as it was. Because don't get me wrong, the match at SummerSlam that year was great. Classic. It wasn't better than a WrestleMania 10 match, but that match was classic. But I thought Owen should have got over that match. I think Owen would have had a great run as heel with the title. Okay. At that time. Okay, okay. Let's go ahead and recap the new generation era, man. 91 to 95, man. Because I want to get more about the themes of each King of the Ring to me and the state of the company around the time of these first televised King of the Ring pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, damn, do you want to start it off or do you want me to start it off? Are we talking, is this what, King of the Ring 95 we're talking about? Yeah, King of the Ring fucking 95. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was in your house too, right? Um, I don't know. It wasn't in your house, but it was around that era when it first started. But 1995 was probably the worst King of the Ring ever. I mean, rest in peace, all of that. But King Mabel, terrible match, terrible King, terrible era of wrestling. (laughs) Fuck 95. Like, okay, let me ask you this. If if Razor Ramon wasn't hurt and he took the place of Savio Vega, would you think it would have been any better? Or they should have just scrapped the whole tournament together? I think it would have been better because he would have been the winner. Mm-hmm. It was his time. Okay, now when, when Savio beat Yokozuna, do you think that's when the the white devil tree started? 
I'm not gonna. It was white Dosey from the beginning for Savio to even be pushed that much in the tournament. I know what they was trying to do, but at the same time, Razor took all of that shadow. It, he didn't put on good matches. But I mean, let's keep it real. That's a lot of pressure to really kind of debut like a week or two before the company, and then all of a sudden you get this huge push and rap three matches in one night in place of probably one of the top two or three biggest names in the company at the time. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was too much Razor in that tournament to keep it real with you. Too much? Too much. He took all the shine off Savio. It was times they look at Razor reactions on the uh, outside of the ring and they missed an action in the ring. Uh-huh. I mean, the commentary was even kind of around it. You know what I mean? Uh, I got you. But let's get to their paths there because they were rather interesting paths from both ways. Yeah. Cause... And around this term, too, this is when King of the Ring kind of started on Raw. Okay. Now, the first qualifying match uh, so this is this is a little backstory to it. Okay. There was a qualifying match to get in the King of the Ring originally, and it was between Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith, who was tag team champions at the time. Uh, Bull, Bulldog, oh, uh, Bulldog and Owen Hart, and they wrestled to a draw on Monday Night Walk, Monday Night uh, Raw, fifteen minute time limit draw, which is kind of like a classic too. They put on a great match. So, just. Because they was in the draw, neither one of them got in. So for the final slot in the King of the Ring, Yokozuna had to beat Lex Luger for the final slot right. to get that King of the Ring. And then shortly after that, you will see Lex Luger appear on the first episode ever of Monday Night Show. <laughs> but <clears throat> let's talk about Mabel's pass first. So the first round on Raw... And dominating probably hurt him in real life fashion because that dude is like a male Nia Jax. Now, uh, he beat Adam Bomb. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Brian Adams. Yes. His next match, which is probably one of the biggest upsets ever in King of the Ring history. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. He beat the great Undertaker. Yeah. And the fact that he said when he entered the ring, you know, I know I'm jumping a little ahead. But the final ahead. match, you know, he said, if the dead man can't beat me, can't nobody beat me. What's just total bull on that? And, you know, and, you know, later on, who be, who, who turns to Viscera and joins the ministry of darkness. But that's for another podcast. Uh, you forgot about the greatest Big Daddy V. Woo! Yeah. Now, <laughs> we're going to go off track a little bit, but I'm going to bring it back. Speaking of Big Daddy V, his manager at the time, Matt Stryker, do you know what he's doing today? What is he doing? He is on a reality show on Fox. Trying to be somebody, baby daddy. <laughs> it's like the Bachelorette on Fox or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, he's on a dating show. Oh, no. No, 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 baby. He's actually a caring individual. He'd be a great father. Shout out to you, Matt Stryker. But anyway. <laughs> so let me ask you, who was the better manager 
or you know mouthpiece for for uh for for Mabel, Big Daddy V, Matt Striker, or Mo? None of them. <laughs> Easy way out. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, man. Men on a mission, right? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, back to Mabel. After that, he got a bye because of the second round, Karma and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels at that time could have wrestled a broomstick and put on a classic. He wrestled Kamba for a 15 minute draw. <laughs> so King Mabel got a bye to get into the finals. Right. Right. Now, let's talk about Savio Vegas path, which is more of the interesting path. And- so he didn't even participate in the first round. I'll let you take it away. What you was going to say? Well, he should have lost the qualifying match. He shouldn't have made it past that. I mean, that's too real. <laughs> but, yeah, first round, Razor Ramon actually beat Jacob Blue. Uh-huh. And in that match, I guess he hurt his abdominals, so he was written off for the pay-per-view. Uh-huh. So, every place, that first round, Yokozuna went one-on-one with Savio Vega. Mm-hmm. And Savio Vega beat Yokozuna by countout. Trash. Now, the next round, the semifinals, Savio Vega went one-on-one against the roadie. For y'all who don't know, I'm pretty sure they, they know who nah, the roadie nah, is. Nah, talk your shit. Break it down. Who's nah, the roadie? Man, everybody know who the roadie is, man. The roadie who was exposed to actually being the real singer behind Jeff Jarrett back in the day, you know. But later on became the white man wearing the wearing the black girl's weave, you know what I'm saying? Road dog Jesse James, man. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> Which part, man? The black girl the black girl yeah. weave? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A quick sidebar, man. A lot of you, you niggas in the WWF, WWE back then, you, y'all out of pocket for that, man. Road Dog was out of pocket. Uh, 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 Papa Shango, uh, Godfather, Mustafa, whatever persona he want to be, every stereotype under the sun, he was out of pocket for that. <laughs> Talk your shit. Mark Henry. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm gonna get some background music. Talk that shit. <laughs> Mark Henry, now, yeah, for a fact, you know you was wrong. One. <laughs> <laughs> you got you you got this this big black country nigga. You know what I'm saying? No neck thick. Had the nerve <laughs> to be having them plaques in his head too, man. I don't know if they were small box braids or what. <laughs> Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> I got the braids from Sally's. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> Pop it. I'm telling you. And then, <sighs> you know, you know what? Shout out, you know, to to the first black females woman champ, Jacqueline, because you know she was in the back. She had the grease in her hand while they all sat between her legs while she braided they uh weave up. You know what I'm saying? That, <laughs> That Brazilian number five, uh, you know, Peruvian. 
Oh, they they didn't get the eight hundred dollars a pack joint, huh? Nah. Nope. They, they got the $75 joint. Uh, not even that, man. Not even that. Not even that. Oh, they got them for the front of the store. Hey, they, they wrong, man. <laughs> Hilarious, man. Uh, and, uh, and you know what I'm saying? I don't know who, who idea that was, man. Uh, like, who who thought that was cool? When You know, when I was young, you know, I didn't know. I thought it was real. Got older. You know, YouTube one day, and I'm looking. I'm like, come on. Uh, shout out to Air Love. Come on, son. Come on, son. Uh, uh, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but yeah, hilarious. Let's get let's get back to the king of the ring, man. Uh, well, Naroni and Savio Vega fought, man. And Savio Vega got the victory, of course. And Mabel finally got the victory. Which is, I'm gonna be honest, the fucking by far worst king of the ring ever. Everything was fucking terrible about it. It was no saving grace. There's no match of the night. Everything about this fucking tournament was horrible. From Shawn Michaels at the time, who was like the man in the ring, who was on his way of living the boyhood dream, fucking got a draw in the second round. To to Kama Mustafa. To to, to fucking Kama Mustafa. I'm going off of, I'm I'm going off of, you know, topic again. But what what kind of coon does Kuma Mustafa had to be like? How much, you know, what I'm saying uh, he was. I'm sorry, he 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 was a pet monkey to 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 what Triple H called V Man. He he was a pet monkey to him. You you, but you know what though? You know what though? Things changed over time though. He became one of the biggest characters ever in the Godfather, bro. That feels stereotypical, man. He, don't, make, don't disrespect Charles right like that. Nah, you got black people looking bad. First, well, yeah, Vegas yeah. legend out here. He's a Vegas legend. Yeah, shout out to Cheetah and all that. But come on, because <laughs> <laughs> think about it, because think about it, right? Papa Shango, come on. Hey, we all know that's a voodoo priest. Papa Shango. It's, it, it's, it, it's about like it was eight, bad times too. It was a bad era. At least he was like one of the first fake UFC fighters ever. He was the ultimate fighting machine. Kama Mustafa. Skill was trying. You know the bullshit about it though? Because the real Mustafa was a Smoky Mountain wrestling at the time with New Jack. Trash, man. That was the real Mustafa. And that's what we should have had because he went from he went from a voodoo priest, uh, Papa Shango. It's about eight niggas in, in Haiti and in Louisiana that probably go by Papa Shango. They got the same disguise. Then, <laughs> then, then you go to Kama Mustafa. You, you think they got that from the old Bond movie? Probably <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> probably. And, and now you're going with this fake nation of Islam uh, character, Kama Mustafa. I mean, all right, with Farouk, when he joined the Nation of Domination Farouk, it kind of made sense. But it took a while for it to make sense. They're, they're the series version of New Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's who New Day originally want to be. It right. probably is deep down inside in real life, but can't be. They they, they daddy. They they the great grandpappy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you go for the up, you know, the uplifting, the power, you know what I'm saying? You know, Nation of Islam, Bean Pie eating nigga, you know what I'm saying? Then, oh, then, 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 then your man goes 
that goes for the most stereotypical crap ever, man. Your man goes for a pimp with braids and everything. All right, man. All right, man. He drove me into it, man. Let's have the conversation. This is the last kick of the ring we're going to cover today anyway, and then we'll just break down the themes and all of that, but we got to have this conversation. Man, we cover anything else but 95 King and Rain because it was just trash. And the fact, I'm sorry, even though Mabel won, whoop de woo he went on to, to SummerSlam, he lost to my man Diesel, huh, huh, like the Rock dude, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he was champ for a little bit. He won. No, I thought he, he lost to Diesel in SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. Nah, nah, Mabel was champ. I know he was giving a major push. Uh, I, I think Diesel might have beat him. In yeah, Summer he Slam. he beat him in SummerSlam, but he still had beef with him. Yeah, then that's when Taker came back as a fucking Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what that was about. That was the ugliest goddamn mess. You know what I'm saying? That, look, that just looked like, you know, Something you create your, you know, what I'm saying a, a free a free mask that you get when you create the new character and you ain't unlock everything else yet. But you gotta think about it though. So you had Shawn Michaels. So we talk about that SummerSlam. Yes, Razor Ramon was hurt, granted, but Shawn Michaels ain't even get nowhere near the finals. But you let him put on that classic at SummerSlam. Hmm. That's for you, man. <laughs> the real Big Daddy V. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man, let's have this conversation. Stereotypical stereotypes in black wrestlers, man. It's been going on forever, okay? Uh-huh. But it's crazy because back in the day, you know what I mean? It wasn't really that stereotypical. They was just hated because of who they are. Like your big cat Ernie Lads in the world or your Bobo Brazils in the world, sort of. Mm-hmm. They ain't really get too stereotypical till like the 90s. Like that. Yep. And then honestly, they tried to do it to Booker T. It didn't work. He was probably one of the only people to break out their bows. I mean, even later on, like people like Crab Time. Terrible. Street Profits. Oh, now, yeah. I mean, even New Day. Like, like I said um on the past show that y'all gonna hear. New Day really made beef stew out of shit. Yeah. They were trying to make New Day gay. And they made it work, though. Like, even... Even their gimmick wasn't too bad. Um, Primetime plays. Yeah, but dollar bills, though? Yeah. yeah. And then at the time, the manager, Abraham Washington? Stupid, man. Just stupid. Great manager, by the way. He was a good manager. He just slipped up with that whole Kobe rape case in Colorado. In Colorado. Come on, bro. But <laughs> but he was a decent manager for Proud Top players, though. But mm-hmm. it's, it's too much stereotype, man, with them. Even like when Kobe Kingston first came in, like a Jamaican. Come on. Are you serious? Jamaican, but he's from Ghana. Was it but, Ghana, West Africa? They were saying. Yeah. I ain't get it, man. And then at the end of the day, he he grew up he grew up in Massachusetts. He went to Boston College. He went to Boston College. <laughs> it's crazy. 
All right, man. So I want to get into the themes of 93 to 95 King of the Ring. Let's go ahead and just give it the rating. What did you rate this King of the Ring? Obviously. What's the worst? Fucking terrible. Um, give, give me, yeah, let me get an order of that. <laughs> With a side of that poo poo platter. <laughs> With extra poo poo. Extra poo poo. Yeah. Uh huh. The side of diarrhea gravy. I'm telling you. Extra poo poo. Sorry, ass shit. Extra, I don't know, man. And, and then the fat man. <laughs> I wonder if if Shot got his Kazam costume <laughs> from King Mabel. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Another backstory to it too. Uh-huh. King Mabel was the only King of the Ring winner that actually had a King of the Ring title. Really? Yes. Mm. Never wore no TV and everything, but backstage that yeah, he got a King of the Ring title. That's just a little history for you. So why do you think they kept it behind the scenes? I do not know. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that'd be dope to walk around with it and stuff, not giving them the WWF championship. Yeah, facts. Because <laughs> you had all and, these other titles. Why not have a King of the Ring title? Yeah, I mean, he did win the tag team championship by accident. Him and Mo, right? Yeah. Who did Men they on the mission. Who did they beat for that? Smoking Guns. Oh, no. Barton Belly. That's not good. And you know, I was also thinking about, right? For 95 King of the Ring to be straight trash, or they really had like a good lineup of people. No, they didn't. But nah, go ahead. They had they had they had some all right people on there. Alright, I'll give you this. They had Diesel, they had Razor, they had Sean. Right. Uh Brett. Jerry Lawler at the time. Bam bam. No, I'm but sorry. Wrestling that. as a whole, wrestling as a whole. I mean, WCW wasn't that much better in '95 either. Like wrestling as a whole, this is like one of the worst periods in wrestling. Mm. Like even ECW, it was just starting to pop, but it wasn't as great as it became. Cause they still had they gimmick characters too. Like when Taz was a Taz maniac, <laughs> you know what I mean? And Mikey. Ripwreck was a dude that couldn't land a move forever. He was their version of the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh, man. And then you had all these characters in 95, like Duke the Dumpster, Josie, and the Goon. I think, isn't that who Karma beat to qualify for the, uh... Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck King in the Ring and fuck 1995, honestly. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this was pretty much, I will say, the last really bad King in the Ring. Because mm-hmm. the next one, we started to get into the good ones. Which is the, the, ad- the attitude there. Yes, my, my very first King of the Ring match that I ever seen. And yes. the, the birth of my favorite wrestler. Yes. I mean, he had many monikers before then with different companies and all that. But the the birth 
of the toughest SOB, the tough, the, you know, the Texas rattlesnake, you know, the the only guy who can really get away with being belligerently drunk on TV and made it look cool. You know what I'm saying? But that's now, for, that's for that's for next time. We're gonna say that. Now I'm gonna give you a title for each King of the Ring too. I'm gonna do it at the end of each show. So 1993 to me, um, I will call this one the end of Hulk and Mania. Okay. Because this was the official last match of Hulk Hogan, and this one Vince was finally doing the transition from the man had to be the tall, muscular guy or like your Rick Rude, your ultimate warrior. No, not even Rick Rude, like your ultimate warriors and Hulk Hogan's of the world. Right. Or even your uh, Sid Justice even got a main shot because he was just tall and big. And he went more to the in-ring work, the athleticisms, like your Bret Hart's, your Shawn Michaels, your Razor Ramones, your one, two, three kids at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I call that the end of Hulkamania because that's when the transition really started. In 1994, I mean, simply, he said it best. I would call it the king of hearts. Yeah. Because, I mean, arrived to the world, no longer was he the rocket or the blue blazer or Brett's little brother. He was Owen Hart, the king of hearts. Uh-huh. And, I mean, 1995. The shit show. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> you named it for me. The shit show. Uh-huh. Now, are you? Are, like, I'm gonna tell you who'd have been like a great, a, a, a great, great. Are you familiar with Trailer Park Boys? Yes. Yeah. Um. Now, the guy who ran security at the Trailer Park, man, I can't think of his name, man. But he would have been perfect, like the perfect spokesperson for um, King, uh, King of the Ring 95, man. <laughs> Excuse my language, because everything to him was a shit show, shit fest. It was just, you know, shit burger. Everything was just shit to him. I mean, what's my man for Buzz House? <laughs> Face all love. Uh, big shitty. Yep. <laughs> it was one of them type of nights, I tell you. Garbage all the way, man. BFI. Biodegradable. Mm-hmm. My trash comes Tuesday. What day your trash comes? <laughs> and you know, and it just makes me, you know, that whole thing, man. Just like Mortal Kombat had Toasty to come up in the middle of the matches, man. They should have had TK Kirkman come in. Come in. Who raised you? Because it would have been perfect. Yeah, perfection. Perfection. I mean, is there any saving grace about it? Anything like, even the commentators, Vince McMahon and Doc Hendricks. Well, Michael Hayes, are you serious? Trash. Trash. It was born. Oh yeah, shout out to the Ushers. Remember the Ushers, the people that opened the doors for the people in the interest? Guess who they were that year? Jeff and Matt Hardy. See the young team extreme. The young team extreme. All right, that was the best part of the show. We got to see a young Jeff and Matt Hardy. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, anything to close out today, tonight's King of the Ring, part one? No, uh, not really, man. You know, 
all I got to say, man, out of all three of these uh, years that we really went in depth about, if Yahoo don't see it, and if you have, you know, the WWE WWE Network, even if you don't have a YouTube, check out highlights in the uh, semifinals match between Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. And I'm pretty sure I'm 100%. I'm 100% confident that you will agree with us when we say that should have been the match of the night. Well, it should have. We all know it's the match of the night, but that should have been like the match for the actual title for King of the Ring. Great match. And out of all three years, I would probably say best match by far. Out of all three. By far. Not even close. You quote me on that. Not even close. And then, like, honestly, too, if you want to do see good King of the Ring winners and you do want to look at history and everything, look at Harley Race and how he carried his character when he won. And honestly, look at Macho Man running um, 87 and enjoy yourself. So, but, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but before we, you know, close out, I meant to ask you this earlier. Did they start the commencement ceremony because of Holly Race? Um, according, very possible. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Bret Hart's was the first coronation I remember, and Jerry the King Lawler ruined it. Like the coronation used to be kind of different, but that was the first coronation of that style that we grew to love was the uh, Bret Hart one. But that one was different because remember. That's when uh, Jerry Lawler went up there and punished him. <laughs> he couldn't even become the king. <laughs> right. I remember that, man. And then okay, was, uh, uh, the uh, next one, right? We're going to cover 96 to 2000. Yes. I'm my bad. 96 to 2002. So that'll be the attitude there. <laughs> and the beginning of Ruthless Breakfast. It's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. This next one going to be fun. This yeah. one was cool. Because, you know, like I said, it's good history. And that's around when both of us, you know what I mean, we really started to understand what was really going on. Yes. Like, you know what I mean, I remember stuff from before then, but it took me to when I got older to go back and revisit it to know what was really going on. But this is when I first lied with my eyes as like a seven, eight-year-old child really understanding what was going on. Right. Because, I, you know, I, I got some stuff I'm going to want to talk about. Next half of the uh, this next portion of King of the Ring, like how you mentioned Shawn Michaels, how he was the man, and how they did him, you know. And I'm starting to feel the same way with King of the Ring '90. What's that? King of the Ring '98. But we're gonna get to that. Oh, <laughs> uh, he must be one of your worst winners. All right, man, signing off. This is Mr. Jones, a.k.a. Sam Jones, and Mr. Come First, because you got to respect me and my other co-host, a.k.a. Mr. Hanglo, you know what I'm saying, L-O-W-E, you know what I'm saying, appreciate you, man, and once again, shout out to our sponsors, OJ Cutlery, where if we can't cut it, he will. <laughs> Signing off, Grapple Mania, peace. All right.